Welcome to the 57th episode of the Baseball HQ Eyes Have It podcast. I'm Brent Hershey, and I'm joined by my co-host, Chris Blessing. Uh, we're glad to have you joining us we, this week. we got a great show lined up with a bunch of great uh, single-A and double-A prospects to talk about. Um, first of all, how are you today, Chris? I'm doing well. I have a little bit of a sinus crud issue right now, so my ah. voice isn't as strong. Uh, but okay. I'm I'm thankful that I'm going to be talking a little less because you're hosting this week. So that's great. Uh, how are you doing, Brent? I'm doing pretty well. Um, yeah, I'm healthy, I guess. And and I hope well, your uh, hope your sinuses get get you through here. But yeah, as, as you mentioned, regular listeners may have noticed we're switching up the hosting duties this week. Um, Chris has been co-hosting the pod um the weeks that i've been here but also hosting solo when the weeks when uh he's had a special guest and um usually in those times the guests bring most of the content those weeks and they've been they've been super episodes chris you've had some great guests but it also means that uh you personally have had a surplus of uh, material because you've been uh chuggling chugging along as usual um and and not bringing it on some of the weeks not bringing the the analysis on some of the weeks when obviously we want to hear from our guests from other parts of the country or other um, uh, bringing other perspectives. So today, anyway, we're going to empty out your scouting notebook and and we've got some really goodies, I think, to share with the listeners. So I'll go through and we can each introduce each prospect. You can give us a quick uh, scouting rundown and we'll do our normal uh, kind of back and forth and chatting about uh, these players. So I'm excited to um, before we get started, why don't you remind uh, everyone kind of roughly what's your what's your scouting coverage area? Well, I live in Northwest Georgia, so I primarily cover Double A uh, Southern League prospects in Chattanooga and High A South Atlantic League prospects in Rome. I will sometimes venture to Triple A International League in either Gwinnett or Nashville, and I've actually thought about possibly going to Nashville uh, or not Nashville Gwinnett this week. But I don't think I'm going to. Um, I have yet to venture down to the Carolina League in Augusta, which is single A, um, but that is technically in my coverage range. I try to uh, set my coverage range to about three and a half hour drive uh, one way, uh, and that's just that three and a half hours. So I could potentially scout there if I ever wanted to. Um, I also scout prospects off video, which is something – I will be doing extensively in June since uh, things kind of finally dry up around here. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, nice to have that option, I know, for sure. And how many live games have you been to so far this season? I've done 20 games, which includes some of my amateur coverage. Uh, I've already been rained out three times, so that's kind of disappointing. Um, And so I would have probably been at about 22, 23 games if, uh, if not for the rain out. Yeah, that that sounds that sounds awesome. I mean, not the rainouts don't sound awesome. I know what that's like, uh, but the volume of games is great. Um, but let's get start. Let's started today um, with some of your high A South Atlantic League looks. Uh, I know last week you published an article on the Baseball HQ website for subscribers that capped Astros prospects 
Jacob Melton and Ryan Clifford, both outfielders. Uh, what do you want to share with our podcast listeners about uh, those two prospects? So, like, I try to bring um, what I consider subscription-worthy content over to the website. Um, yeah. And I think both with Melton and Clifford, I think that they were popular enough names that I needed to go over there to maybe set the record straight with the subscribers first before I came and set the record straight with the podcast listeners. What I mean by okay. that is both of them, for, for Melton, Melton was a draft pick last year uh, out of Oregon State, a second rounder, who got considerable buzz for a first-year player draft uh, um, you know, during the summer and into the winter because mm-hmm. last year wasn't a very strong college bat year. Uh, for the second straight year, it was better than the previous year, but still not the greatest. Uh, and I think Melton got some coverage because of that, some added coverage because of that. Um, I saw him during a really good week uh, of the year. I, I didn't check to see how well he did last week, but um, the week that I was there, he raised his batting average by 50 points. Uh, and I think a lot of that was and, – and hit two bombs, too. I didn't get to see the bombs. They were on days that I wasn't there. But I did watch them on video and did scout them off of video and stuff. Um, Milton's hit tools is concerning for me, and that was really kind of what uh, prompted me to bring that to the subscribers. Um, it, it's He doesn't get to anything hard inside. Um, he has a very uh, uh, exaggerated open stance that he has to bring – uh, you know, essentially close up from. And when he closes mm-hmm. up, he cuts himself off from the inner half of the plate. So if a ball is hanging, he can adjust, you know, a, a slider or curveball is hanging. He can adjust uh, his swing, you know, his his body. But when it's a fastball in, um, the best he can do is hit it very lightly, uh, usually roll over it um, sometimes. Uh, like it, it's, it's, some, it's some really bad swings for a guy that um, – comes from a program that is known for producing hit tools. Um, yeah, right. So Oregon. really good athlete, big guy. I think he's going to hit for power. Um, but I I just don't believe in the hit tool that much. Um, I I believe I – I don't know where I downgraded him to. There was uh, – I remember writing the article, but I don't remember where I ended up with. I, I, I don't know if I completely crushed him into a seven, uh, but I wanted to. Um, I think that mm. – I just, I just don't see the hit tool producing. So really and truly, I think I might've kept it at an eight because there's a speed element involved. He's uh play center field. Uh, yeah. It's above average uh, um, run tool. He has some instincts as well on the bases. So like, yeah. I think that maybe that might help carry him early on with some power. Uh, yeah. But the batting average is just so bad that I, I just don't, I don't see that being a future component of him. So um, yeah, yeah. For the for the record, yeah, you uh, gave, you gave him an eight D, but at the very end there, we're saying you could have easily easily gone a seven. And I when and just looking at the stats, I mean, I I'm also like you said, kind of intrigued by the 15 stolen bases so far this year. Obviously, I mean, you know, whether that translates and how much that does. Uh, as he moves up the ladder, if, especially if the hit tool is a problem, uh, you know, we can discuss or, you know, as a consideration. Uh, yeah. But certainly that's a part of his game right now anyway, and maybe well, some yeah. fancy thing. And if you, look at the, value, you know. if you look at the Astros center field right now, it's like, what, Chase McCormick and um, 
Jake Myers at Meyer, times. Uh-huh, uh, right, last yeah. year it was a little bit of Jose Siri. Um, they're going to mix and match there, and maybe this is their guy that they they put against right-handed pitching in some platoon. Um, yeah. So, like, he's going to be a guy that's popular mostly in um, only formats, AL only format, um, mm-hmm. where you're going to get a significant amount of playing time and hopefully can cash in on some power and some speed. Yeah, yeah. Um, sounds good. What uh, what did you see with Ryan Clifford, uh, who is a um, – 11th round pick from a couple of years ago. Last yeah, year, so Clif- yeah, last year. And Clifford was a big signing. Like he signed for um, second round money, I think. Um, it was a significant <laughs> signing. Um, the, the Ashers do a phenomenal job of using the entire draft to their advantage. Um, and Clifford's a, a, a guy that is not the greatest athlete in the world. Um, I, I talked to a, a contact because I saw him in right field and it was really ugly. Um, didn't have really um, good routes. Didn't seem comfortable at all. It was a 30 arm that he showed off on two occasions. So like not definitely not a right fielder, probably uh, if he played the outfield left field. Um, but it um, talking to a contact that saw him in um, North Carolina um, during his draft season, he thought that, the guy looked good at first base, um, but he doesn't necessarily have that huge offensive upside um, to really carry first base. Um, against um, Rome, he did not have a hit. Um, it was it was a really rough series for me. I'd just mm. been called up from mm-hmm. from Low A. Um, I think it's Fayetteville, um, and so he was um, he struggled vitally. Um, there's a lot of hit and uh, or um, swing and miss in his um, in his profile, uh, but. It's a power first profile. The guy has power to all fields. It might be raw plus plus power. Um, like I think he reaches it in games, but again, what at what cost is that batting average? Yeah, um, right. And if if you look at the fantasy first baseman, they're they're guys that can bring the hit and the power tool um, to the equation. Um, I still didn't like crush him completely. Um, cause I think, I think there's some play there in, in maybe other formats, um, specifically only formats. Uh, again, this is the Astros and they, they will mix and match these guys. Uh, um, you know, if they produce a certain, certain thing that their team's looking for, but I just don't really see the all-star or even solid regular here. I think I called them an AE, um, just to maybe cover myself in case the hit tool um, mm-hmm. got got better but like right. to be honest with the listeners he's a he's a guy that um i've seen get a lot of buzz on twitter um from from other writers um yeah. and not that they're wrong but um seeing him in person against advanced pitching and that's one thing that rome brings is even though they probably aren't many major league arms there they're all advanced they're all college kids or guys that have been around for a while and they hit their yeah, spots and do their things and um, you could tell he struggled. Um, and see, that's the great thing about my room looks this year is all of them. Uh, I, I can assure you that those guys are facing really good pitching. Um, and and that, that's probably a reason why I kind of kept Melton alive a little was because he did perform against those folks. Um, yeah. But they didn't throw him inside. And, and that's really kind of what they need to do with Melton and with Clifford. He just, I mean... I think it was like 10 strikeouts and 15 at bats. Like it was, Oof. it was rough. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. 
Sounds good. Uh, I know there's a couple other prospects um, during your look at that series that uh, you want to chat about a little bit. First up is uh, right-handed pitcher Miguel Uola, uh, U-L-L-O-L-A, for those that uh, need a spelling. Uh, what can you tell us about uh, this right-hander for Houston? Oh, man, this was ugly. Uh, you got beautiful at the same time. Um, so I got warned by a scouting contact. I had Alex Santos and Miguel uh, Aloa um, start uh, basically piggy banking back each other. The Astros uh-huh. organization, um, they piggyback. Um, yeah, kind of starters. known for that, right? Yeah. Yeah. So like this week uh, that I saw him, it was Alex Santos going first, who was, if you guys remember, was a fairly notable prospect a few years ago. Um, not a guy at all. Um, and then uh, Miguel uh, Aloa, um, and I think that's how you pronounce it. it okay. I was trying to find. I was trying to find as many in person. Any, and that's how the Rome guy announced him. So I'm hoping gotcha. that's the right way. Right. Um, but he was the reliever in this game, and it was a rough. I think it was only two innings. It was rough. Uh, at one point, he had thrown 18 fastballs, and only three of them were strikes. Like it was. It was a rough, rough day, and it's been a rough day for him um, across uh, different levels. Um, A a notable prospect because the stuff is A++. Um, Mm -hmm. And to me, last week we talked about Maddox uh, Bruins. Um, Mm -hmm. Reese White and I talked about him. And this is kind of one of those those cases, too, where um, a guy might be so bad, but you don't want to let go because – if he finds any sort of control, this is maybe a late inning reliever closer. If he finds enough control, it's a starter. But mm-hmm. let's just say that's probably not going to happen. Um, it, it's an elite level fastball. Um, it's a raw plus plus uh, fastball with movement and velocity. He was throwing uh, low to mid nineties um, with plus uh, double plus ride. Um, some. Some arm arm side run, especially when it was up in the up in the zone. Um, yeah. The problem was was he couldn't re- he couldn't repeat his release point, um, and that was true for all of his pitches. Um, the good sliders were two plane tight uh, movers, um, very um, very tight, uh, very good pitches. But unfortunately, again, when you're messing up your your release point, that's mm-hmm. going to be going to be problems. Um, Curveball ball was kind of ordinary. It was a twelve to six or. Um, then he also threw a changeup, and he was kind of telegraphing that pitch, but it was the only pitch with, that was guaranteed to be strikes. Um, just an awful appearance. Um, I, I'm surprised that they're keeping him at this level. I, I figured they would move him down by now. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, from all indications, is is the kid is supposedly a hard worker um, and a, a kid that they believe in that it's not really hurting him psychologically. Um, yeah. But, like, after watching him and Santos, it was, I mean, it was a long night. Yeah, uh, certainly. Yeah. I, I, the stats aren't pretty at all. Um, so far as 750 ERA and his seven games so far, um, 21, uh, excuse me, 25 uh, strikeouts to 21 walks in 24 innings. I do, you know, I do, you know, look at his, page here i mean last year in low a he uh did a lot better you know control wasn't kind of pristine but 
like you said, the stuff obviously came uh, as advertised, 120 strikeouts in 72 innings, uh, over 22 appearances last year in low A. Um, so maybe that's part of the, you know, maybe for him there's nothing to prove in low A and <laughs> they have to uh, yeah. work it out here. Other thing I noticed is just, you know, he's still just 20 years old. So a 20-year-old at high A uh, doing that is, is uh, you know, there's, there's some time, but obviously it has to, has to come together for uh, Alola uh, at some point. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's a kid. He's a kid that yeah. you just keep alive because the stuff is so good. Because the stuff is so great. Yeah. Um, let's talk about uh, move on to Zach Desenzo. De- De- excuse me, uh, infielder uh, again for the, uh, Houston, who's got off to a fantastic uh, statistical start. Anyway, uh, would you see on uh, your live look? Well, I was very impressed with him. It's a slight open upright swing. Uh, it's a little longer swing. He's a bigger kid. Uh, I think he's six foot four, um, and, and very much six foot four. So he has some longer levers. Um, yeah. So the longer path to get to the hit position, but it's it's it, it's a very smooth transition to the hit to the trigger to the swing. There's no real hesitation there, even though it does take a while to get there. Um, it's it's plus bat speed as well. It's <laughs> not necessarily a um, swing that's creating a lot of loft right now but i think it's a swing that um could get there um the astros always have a few of these guys i mean the most popular one um to you know for major leaguers is current giants um i don't know what position he's playing right now jd davis um Mm -hmm. uh, uh, you know these these guys that are a little older um that they take and that they can produce and make into hitters. Um, and Davis' track record has been, and the Astros' track record in developing these type of guys is pretty golden. Um, uh, yeah. Dezenzo has really cut down on his swing and miss. I think that's the most significant thing about this whole story. Um, in, in my look, he hit two balls very hard in my live look. Um, again, um, you know, the the fact that he doesn't need much um, to get to pitches, he has good plate coverage. I mean, um, I, I think the, the advances of, um, or not the advances, the decline in swing and miss this year is is because of these cleaner mechanics. Um, mm-hmm. The Astros, again, I, I forget what round they took this kid in, but they took him in, uh, you know, he wasn't a first, second, or third round pick. Yeah, 12th um, rounder, actually. 12th rounder, yes. Um yeah. But again, he's always been able to hit. Um, they have him listed as an outfielder, but he hasn't played outfield in pros. Um, yeah, I was going to ask you about that. Right. Primarily yeah. third base, second base. Um, in my look at third base, he had good reactions. The arm was uh, enough. I wouldn't say it was a plus arm. It was probably an average arm, but it was enough. Essentially, this is, the, I mean, this is the same sort of thing that they did with guys like Davis. Um, yeah. You know, you hit, you'll find a way in the lineup. And I think that this is a guy that I know in my bigger format teams, right after um, seeing him, I went and picked him up. Um, so, yeah, you know, I, I think that he's a really good good player for that that sort of thing. Maybe in a 15-gamer or, or a 15-teamer or less, you're probably not thinking about uh, Zach uh, DeZenzo, but... Um, in those leagues right now, you're definitely um, picking him up. Um, yeah. I have him as 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 like an eight D would be my would be my rating on him. Yeah, yeah, interesting. Certainly, um, 
like I said, out of the gate, first 104 bats, uh, 404 average, and a, a 1078 OPS. So uh, some interesting stuff there with the uh, Zenzo. Uh, let's move back to Atlanta for the third uh, and final guy here in low A, uh, Ignacio Alvarez, uh, shortstop uh, there in the Braves system. I know that in general, it's it's uh, known or seen that the Braves have a down system. Um, but I'm so curious to what uh, what piqued your interest about Alvarez. Well, A, he's their best position prospect. Uh, that's not really saying much. Um, <laughs> I wrote him up at the site a few weeks ago, and I, I I still see him every week. He's he's pretty much in the lineup every day for for them. Um, a very weak lineup, obviously, um, in a weak organization. Um, yeah. Um, for for right now, because they've graduated everybody and also traded everybody, so. Um, he goes actually by the name Nacho, so it's Nacho Alvarez, um, oh, and it is a hit over everything type profile. Although, mm-hmm. like he's he's a, a smidge below average at short. He's you know his hands are okay. Uh, his range is is a bit suspect, um, but like he gets the job done. He has a strong enough arm. Probably plays third. Probably plays second. He's going to be utility infielder. Uh, but all the dude does is work counts and get hits. Um, 307 average, 463 on base, 386 slugging, very slow slugging. He only has a home run. I think he only has a total of seven extra base hits. And mind you, this is a guy that's not been hurt much or anything like that. But he does have 31 strikeouts or 31 walks to 19 strikeouts. So, like, uh, a, a kid that gets on base. Um uh, but again, like it's a very, very top heavy swing. I would almost say it's a negative launch angle swing on average. Um, so this is a kid that's not getting uh, any loft and, and really how his swing is set up. It's not, uh, especially the lower half, it's not going to get the sort of leverage that he's going to need. Um, um, but, you know, depending on what you're looking for in a player, this is this is a kid that maybe Maybe gets rostered in deeper format type things. Probably not mm-hmm. in lesser format uh, leagues. Um, I don't. I don't. Uh, he has. I looked, and he's not in, available in a lot of leagues. I think he got some press, uh, some positive press during the offseason, and we gave him positive press as well from some yeah. good scouting contacts in Florida that had seen him. And um, uh, but he's a junior college kid. He's twenty years old. Um, yeah. He's probably. Probably should be in Double A. I think that uh, I think that he'll be in Double A probably by the next time I see the Rome Club uh, in mid June. So I uh, figured I'd throw him out there. He'd be a seven C, seven D guy who's likely going to be like a six A or six B. This this yeah. is a major league you're written all over. It's just not a fantasy relevant bat. It's not fantasy. Yeah, yeah. Well, good to hear uh, on those uh, on that uh, trio of Low A prospect. Chris, let's move on to some of your double A Southern League reports. Um, I know this week the Brewers double A team uh, from Biloxi was in town for you. Uh, and there's some goodies uh, goodies on that on that squad, I believe. Um, you got to see guys like Jackson uh, Churio and Jefferson Caro. Um, but first, we're going to start with um, Reds prospect. Uh, Noevi Marte. Uh, I know you got uh, had a bunch of looks at him so far um, this season, um, and he's certainly 
uh, done well to this point statistically. Uh, what did your eyes see with uh, Marte? So Marte might be the one exclusive prospect this year that I bring to the podcast um, that I won't cover at the site. Um, and, and the reasons for that is um, I've already covered a Reds prospect. I covered Andrew Abbott at that website um, at baseballhq.com. Um, and don't want to overload just one team. So I'd like to try to get a different different looks. But this is this is going to be kind of premium content here. Um Marte had an awesome week this last week and uh, has had an awesome last few weeks after starting uh, out of the gate uh, fairly slow. It's like he needed a little time to get used to the pitching level and all of that kind of stuff. Um, we've talked about it on the podcast a little. I've talked about it on other podcasts where I've guessed. Um, uh, there's a, there's an issue in um, Southern League that is I, yeah. I call it an issue. It's an experiment where. Um, they're experimenting with a different ball, a pre-tack ball, and half the pitchers hate it, half the pitchers put up with it. I think there's a few that love it. I would say that Andrew Abbott loves it, um, loved it when he was in the league because uh, he just absolutely dominated. AJ Smith Schwarber from the from the Braves organization didn't give up mm. a run while he was there. Like there's yeah. certain guys that love it, and you could see it. Um, you know, I was trying to show my wife yesterday. I tracked her to the baseball stadium. Um, um, for a Sunday matinee, and um, uh, she melted, but she was able to hear me talk <laughs> about guys. And um, you know, I was I was kind of explaining about how how the breaking pitch has really uh, been difficult to scout, but it's also been difficult to scout how hitters respond to it because the movement is so great, and some guys are are um, getting at it. Ride Kyle Glazier at. Baseball America wrote up about it in my Andrew Abbott article a month ago. I, I talked about how you know that ball has really kind of played, and like I didn't think mm -hmm. that you could believe everything you saw out of Andrew Abbott, uh, even though he looked like he was uh, the next coming of uh, Lefty Grove. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah. anyway, uh, to get back to Marte, that was a long way. Up. I, th I think it took it's taking hitters a longer time adjusting to the level. Um, because of uh, they're seeing uh, pitches move like they've never seen pitches move, uh, and walks are up, and 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 that's one of the biggest things that that I've come across um, this year. Uh, so he's slashing two ninety two, three sixty four, five twenty eight. Um, so the slugging hasn't been hurt. He went on a home run barrage this week. Uh, not that's the it, biggest yeah. home run barrage of any of the guys we're talking about because I did have uh, Jefferson Cuero. Um, ah. but, um, but yeah, like, uh, uh, I think he hit three home runs this week. Of course, none in my looks, um, uh, mm -hmm. eight home runs, eight doubles, one triple, eight stolen bases. Um, I've seen him at third base. I've seen him at shortstop. We'll get to the defense later. Uh, it's an, uh, wide open stance. Um, it, it, it's very, very smooth him getting to the hit position. It's, uh, it's a little bit of a leg lift, um, but his hands move really well. They're already back. Um, he's ready to explode. He coils up on that back uh, back hip and just unleashes swings. Uh, early in the year, the the swings were ugly, especially against those breaking pitches. But as the year has moved on, and you know, as I've seen him against better spin, he has made adjustments, and and that's one of the things you like to see in Double A yeah, is sure. um, 
this is the first time they're facing advanced breaking pitches, even throwing out the whole Southern League BS right now. Um, but this is the first time that they're really facing premium breaking pitches. And he has uh, he looked bad early and has made the right adjustments. Um, of course, he's he's smoking more fastballs than anything. Um, he's still not really getting to the spin like you'd want him to, but he's laying off the pitches that, that he needs to lay off. Um, thus putting him in positive hitting counts, thus putting him in places where he, um, it will get to show off his power. It's plus power. Um, it's specifically plus to left center field. That's where a lot of his balls go out to. Um, he has an up the middle approach usually, um, to the pull side. Um, He's very rarely going to take the ball the other way, uh, but again, he's he's a uh, he's a power hitter. Um, I've been surprised with how good he's been at shortstop. Um, yeah. I still think he ends up at third base, but it's I th- I think that he has adequate enough range at short. He definitely has the arm, and he definitely has the proper footwork to play the position. Um, but again, you look at that organization. Um, De La Cruz, Eli De La Cruz is a much better shortstop than he is. Um, mm. So I would say that Marte and, and of course, Edwin Arroyo, who is on the level below him, um, is a much better defensive shortstop than both of those guys. So yeah. um, the, the possibility of Marte moving to third is is definitely there. Um, I think he's moving better than he was last year. I think he's leaned up a bit. He had bulked up. Um, um there's always been some comparisons when he was with the Mariners that he'd end up being like uh, another Adrian Beltre type player. And yeah. you, you can see that you can see the explosion. You can even see like the love for the game that the kid has. Um, uh, the, that, that team is one of the most loose teams that I've covered. They, they um, without being, um, you know, lackadaisical, I should say, um, they are constantly having a good time while performing. And that's always uh, um, a refreshing thing to see. So, like, I think a little, I think the team has taken on his personality especially because a lot of these players were there last year. Yeah. And they weren't as loose last year. So um, he's bringing a fun to that team. I, again, don't think he's going to be there long. Uh, and that's why we're covering him today. Um, yeah. I, I think he's an 8C prospect. I don't see him being the, um, you know, the all-star caliber type guy like like Adrian Beltre was. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, you could make an argument with the speed factored in and with the improved hit tool that he might be that guy. Um, so, mm-hmm. like, I would probably call him a 9D but believe that he was an 8C if I wrote him up for the art, for the site. Yeah. Um, but he's definitely he's definitely separated himself after seeing him bad in Arizona and then watching video last year where mm-hmm. he wasn't making the sort of consistent impact that he is this year. Yeah, I remember uh, certainly at the Fall League, uh, was, you know, it was kind of a disappointing look um, after some of the hype there. So I got I got you touched on this a little bit, but I got a quick. Quick detour for you, and we didn't prepare for okay. this, but you'll be you'll be able to handle it. Uh, uh, with all with all these Reds prospects, I know you've seen most, if not all, of these guys. I'm gonna name uh, coming through Chattanooga there over the past couple of years. And um, what what do you think? How do you think the Reds 
major league infield is going to be configured, let's say by the end of next year. Um, you know, you got McLean just came up, Mac McLean. Uh, you got Ellie Dale Cruz uh, doing his thing in Triple A. You've got Marte uh, here, probably ready to go up to Triple A. You got Christian Encarnacion Strand uh, in that mix somewhere. Uh, India, you know, at the major league level, India and Steer are there. But how do you think those four uh, infield slots look like in Cincinnati? Uh, like let's say the end of end of 2024. I can guarantee that Marte will be the third baseman. I think I think that's huh? that's pretty much the only thing that I can say. It, it, um, Jonathan India is going to be somewhere first or second base. Um, yeah. Uh, Matt McClain can't play short. Um, I think that's what I've seen in my looks. He's a mm-hmm. natural second baseman. That's what he looks like. Um, the real uh, question mark here is De La Cruz. Whether they throw him in the outfield, that's that's a a wish a lot mm-hmm. of people have had. Um, uh-huh. Where he sticks at shortstop. Um, if I were making the team, I would have um, see McLean's short. I don't like him at first base, so um, I would actually put I, I would my India first, McLean second. Shortstop De La Cruz, third base Marte. Have India play some second base. Have Mark have uh, um, you know there'd be some some switch around there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then Encarnacion Strand would be my backup first baseman, my backup third baseman, and my regular designated hitter. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, the thing is, is Encarnacion Strand can't can't field, and then and then Steers a guy that's going to play everywhere. So like. You know, yeah, let him play everywhere. Yeah. I mean, and McLean I mean, could be that guy too. McLean has a lot of athleticism too. Yeah. Um maybe more so than than Steer. But yeah, that's a difficult that's difficult. And I thought about that actually when I was writing them up this offseason. Yeah. Didn't really yeah, have yeah. an answer then. Yeah. And of course things, you know, things may change. I mean, there may be a trade in there that they get, you know, move one for something else and things. Uh but it's just an interesting it's an interesting puzzle to to think about i mean there's definitely some offensive talent there young offensive talent and uh finding the spots for those guys to fit i think it's i think it's you know it's um especially interesting that you say about Cruz. uh you know there's talk of or you know that he really could move to center but like if you're not confident that McLean then can actually defensively play short and you're you see Marte as a third baseman more than a shortstop um and obviously India is not a shortstop um you know then that sort of leaves a hole yep. at shortstop if uh, well if Marte would through. probably Marte would probably slide the short and um if they did that I guess yeah. you would you would have uh Encarnacion Strand at third um I think you'd see some Matt McLean at third. I think it would be guaranteed that India would stay at second base. Yeah. Um, so like those sort of things. Um, I think somebody gets traded. Um, yeah, probably. And I, I, mean, I really do. Um, they have some some holes in the outfield that they could very well fill by uh, trading sure. one of these folks. Um, yeah. So like there's that too. Yeah, yeah. I just thought it was an interesting thought exercise because again, uh, you've seen uh, all if. All, almost seen all of them, all all of those guys, yeah, in person uh, as they've come through. Uh, let's let's slide over to the Brewers organization, and really, I mean, one of the top 
five probably prospects in the game at the moment. Uh, you got to take a look at Jackson Churio uh, this week from Milwaukee. Um, outfielder, of course. Uh, I'll just let you I'll let you roll with that. Um, really interested to uh, to get your get your take and uh, information on uh, Churio. Well, we're actually going to bring Chario Chorio to the Eyes Have It podcast or I have the podcast. Uh, the article this week. So I'm going to go ah, probably gotcha. in less detail here um, yeah. because I think that people out there are very worried about Churio because he's only putting up a 252, 301, 391 slash line uh, in double A. Mm-hmm. Um, people need to remember that he is 19, <laughs> 19 years, years old, old. <laughs> started yeah. the year as a 19 year old in double A. Um, uh, it, it's obvious to pick out that this guy has that oozes talent. Um, uh, I, I got to see him hit a home run in the opposite field. Uh, in an article, there'll be more on that. Um, I think the good question is: Is he a top five prospect? Yes, he is. Um, uh, there are reasons why he's struggling right now. Uh, I think a lot of what we were talking about, what I was talking about with Marte earlier on this season has affected Chorio in a different way. And I'm going to go into that in more detail. But I'm going to say that, like, right now, his swing is kind of a mess. Um, mm. Without really being like, I'm not even afraid that it's a mess right now. I think it's so... I, I think all the parts are there for him to break out any moment. Um, it's just getting uh, the weird pitches in, in this league out of his head if that makes sense so um without giving away the lead for that and 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 going into great detail about that uh for our listeners do not worry about this um um he will come through uh but like he's definitely a top five prospect i have him ahead of um uh, junior camonero I have him ahead of a lot of different people right now. Um, I yeah. think it's hard. I, I'm going to say this. We were just talking about Eli De La Cruz um, very briefly, but mm-hmm. I, I, it's hard to make an argument against Eli, Eli De La Cruz being the top prospect right now. Um, yeah. I think I, I really do. I think I think he is, uh, you know, and I was talking to our, our friend Jeff Ponce about this. Um, mm-hmm. I think he's extremely overrated, underrated. Um, even though mm-hmm. he's so good, he's underrated. Um yeah. But I think there's a good chance that he could be the number one guy. Um, Jackson Chorio is in the conversation for that, of course. I think that uh, Jordan Walker's still in that conversation as well, um, even though he's shown some struggle at the major league level. And hopefully, we don't have to rank him next off season. Means he graduates, but but yeah. still, like um, there there's uh, several guys, and then of course the big guy right now is Jordan Holiday, um, yeah. who's probably stealing stealing that. So. Anyway, for the listeners, uh, don't give up on Chorio. Don't sell him because you think that like he's a fraud. He's 19 years old in the league. That I I've covered so few hitters that have started the year as a 19 year old in this league with the sort of potential that this kid has. Yeah. Um, so like just just have some confidence uh, in him. Um, uh, the other thing I will pass pass along too is I I saw against the same sort of pitching that he faced earlier in the week that he did make adjustments against that pitching. So he figured out what they were trying to do with him. Um, but 
yeah sorry i got choked up um (laughs) um, but yeah that um like i i think that there's a lot there that will be good in the future for specifics of course it's got to be the article we'll break down a swing we'll break down what he's doing a good reason to subscribe to baseball hq we've got a lot of great miners content and major league content as well yeah we do and um yeah uh we'll just we'll just leave it at that and uh Subscribers can uh, enjoy that breakdown later this week. Uh, let's move on to another kind of uh, Brewers prospect on the rise. Uh, Jefferson Cairo, uh, catcher in that organization. Um, I know you're, uh, you know, you enjoy breaking down the catcher prospects. Uh, what do you have on Cairo? Well, defensively, he is a really good catcher. He moves well. He commands uh, the zone. I think his uh, sequencing is very good. Even though I kind of complained to my wife yesterday when he uh, called a pitch that didn't really seem like the pitch that he should have called. Um, <laughs> you know, later on, I realized what he was doing and he set up for a, a, a high riding fastball to strike somebody out. Um, so, uh, you know, kudos to him. Um, I thought he could have gotten a slider by the guy and been fine. Um, but that's neither here nor there. Um, Really strong throwing arm. I didn't get any pop times on an actual stolen base attempt. Um, I did in the fall league, um, and it was, I think, 1.9, uh, so mm-hmm. a pretty significant time on online. He yeah. uh, caught 40-plus percent of the would-be base runners last year. He's a 20-year-old, uh, another very young guy in double yeah. um, He came into the week with only three home runs. Um I scouted two games last week, and he hit five home runs in the two games I scouted. So he's up to oh, eight wow. home runs now. Um, he's batted slashing 286, 324, 561. Um, but he's only hit like three doubles. So like, like it's basically a a mostly singles hitting guy that um, when he gets into the ball, he gets into the ball. And mm-hmm. um, all his power is to the pull side. All five of those home runs were to the pull side. He hit... I think four of them to left field and one of them to left center field. Um, this, I think the fourth home run yesterday was uh, the fourth home run of the series was, was hit uh, to left center field. Um, if I remember right, um, the setup's a little weird. Um, his hands uh, travel a, a bit. I don't necessarily like his triggering mechanism um, with his hands. I think that it slows down his bat. I think that's the reason why he's not getting to power. Uh, more mm-hmm. consistently, consistency outside of the guys that he was hitting the home runs off of during the weekend. Um, uh, this is a guy that I don't. Uh, I think we came into the year thinking there was more hit than power. I think that there's more power here than hit at the end of the day. Um, oh. uh, and, and I mean, we see that with a lot of catchers. Um, so, yeah. like a sub two fifty batting average uh, type guy. If he gets the two fifty, that's great. Um, uh, capable of hitting about 15 to 25 home runs. I put that long range only with catchers because, um, again, you just don't know how quickly and how much they'll adjust. Um, but he's wise behind, uh, beyond his years behind the plate. Um, uh, he moves so well. He's a really good athlete for a catcher. Um, so, like, this this is a guy that I would call probably a 8D uh, in my rating, but um, he'd be like a seven B. Like I, I feel really good that he's going to be um, a major league starting catcher because um, mm-hmm. he has all of those tools. 
Um, yeah. And you know, he'll be he'll he'll produce enough to be maybe the six seven six through twelfth catcher, yeah. um, which is positive value because um, once you run into like the tenth catcher or the eleventh catcher, you start getting into guys that are bringing negative value to your teams. Um, so. Yeah. Um, this is a catcher one in a two catcher format. Yeah, yeah, uh, that's that's some uh, that's some good info. I mean, you look at his uh, track record. The one thing that stands out to me is how much uh, contact he makes. I mean, doesn't yeah. doesn't strike out a ton, uh, which is always a you know a good place to start with uh, young catchers as they're you know as you think of them transitioning into the major leagues all it has to go on there if a guy has a solid kind of contact uh yeah. tool to to start with uh that can be the foundation for some other things the worst um, case scenario here is like a kevin plawicki a guy that yeah. seems to have a job i mean the kids guy's gonna probably be a 10-year major leaguer um right. but like almost makes too much contact at times and then um you know, rolls into a lot of double plays. That's one of the yeah. things. Everything that wasn't a home run was a soft hit tapper mm. to somebody in the infield, and that's that's kind of concerning. Yeah, interesting. All right, let's uh, let's move on to another uh, teammate of his on Biloxi. Uh, infielder Tyler Black um, was a uh, competitive round uh, pick overall, number thirty-three in the twenty twenty-one draft. Um, like I said, infielder uh, for for Milwaukee. What uh, what did you see with Black? Uh, you know, didn't really get the best look at him, um, but I did think it was kind of a notable look, uh, especially since I saw him steal two bases and hit a triple. Um, hmm. It's a very flat uh, plane, even though he's hit six home runs. It's a flat plane. He doesn't really hit the ball consistently hard. Um, yeah. And I have some serious questions whether he sticks at third last year. He played some outfield, some infield after getting drafted. Uh, um, uh, he also will work counts. I don't know how much that's a product of the sticky stuff situation mm-hmm. or not. Um, but he worked counts. He got an O2 count and you know, had a, took a fairly uh, good amount of um, probably about four or five close pitches for balls. Uh, in several yeah. full counts uh, during during yesterday's contest, um, uh, when he's on the ball, he tends to um, tends to hit the ball to the gaps. Um, he's a above average runner. I wouldn't call him plus. He has very good instincts. Um, he also kind of timed um, his stolen base attempt on the uh, from first to second yesterday. Um, Interesting. Uh, time that on the pitch clock. Um, which can be yeah. dangerous. It, it wasn't dangerous in this case. Uh, and then he just outright stole third base on in, in the same uh, same uh, base running um, appearance. Um, stole third yeah. base on the pitcher, essentially. Um, yeah. But I just don't know if there's enough power to stick at third. And I think this is a, more of a utility outcome. Uh, for me, he was a 7C prospect uh, coming in. I think he's a seven C prospect uh, moving away from the series. Um, mm-hmm. I, I I think this ends up as a as a potential for a platoon, which he'd be on the good side of the platoon. He's a left-handed hitter, um, but again, like it's the right mix. And on the Brewers, they they're willing to mix and match, just like the Astros too. They're they're one of the smarter teams, and 
they'll find yeah. ways to get Black in the lineup if he continues to produce. Yeah. Yeah, really interesting. I mean, from a fantasy perspective, there's the 21 stolen bases already in, uh, you know, this year in 111 at bats. Um, he showed, uh, you know, he had 13 last year in 231 uh, at bats. Um, it's uh, so, yeah, it's, it's interesting, especially, uh, you know, again, it's always, always tough to know how the stolen bases will translate like that but a uh you know kind of kind of a utility guy it sounds like to me uh with good speed and really really good uh good batting eye uh, you know has more has accrued more walks than uh than strikeouts so far this year and looking over his history i mean that's something he's done at uh at several other levels too so just some interest there but uh, you know you, you do have to impact the ball too um, and it sounds, you know, it sounds to me at this point, it's sort of, a, uh, you know, a guy that can help that might be able to help in several ways, but not, uh, you know, this is going to kind of fight for, uh, playing time because of that, not having kind of one set position. Um, yeah. Um, Brent, I feel like he's going to be on the raise at some point. That's just, <laughs> there you go. I feel like yeah. it's going to go Brewers raise and Astros. Like he, this yeah. is a guy, this is a guy that has those organizations written all over him. Yeah, and then you know, from a fantasy perspective, you'll say, "Oh, look at all this this skill he has," and then you know he'll play three times a week and platoon and move around, and mm-hmm. you know you'll you'll be uh, frustrated by that because uh, you <laughs> think there's more there. Anyway, uh, final guy here from uh, this Biloxi squad is right-hand pitcher Carlos Rodriguez, um, who uh, numbers-wise has shown some good stuff. Um, uh, what did you see? With uh, Carlos Rodriguez's 21-year-old uh, sixth rounder from the 2021 draft, so he was a Nicaraguan player uh, who actually went to junior college here in the states. So that like that's mm. uh, kind of an unheard of type thing. Um, Luis Guillermo is a guy that I think went to junior college here in the states or or oh, university yeah. that that came from a um, Caribbean country. Um, but anyway. Um, 51 strikeouts in 37 and two thirds innings. Um, I saw him on Tuesday and on Sunday. Um, so I got two starts of him this week. Um, <laughs> high three. Well, I almost read the wrong guy. That's really bad. Um, um, that shows I'm an amateur. I'm, I have to flip. I have to flip my page, Brent, to the Brewers pitchers. Uh, yes, you do. You and not not page. look at their hitters, or I'm going to talk <laughs> about a lookout. Starter who was a high three quarters uh, delivery. This is a um, a crossfire delivery three quarters guy. He's listed six foot. He's shorter than that. Um, uh, there's some deception in his delivery. He turns his back slightly um, and hesitates uh, at the balance point. Um, keeps really good balance. Three quarters arm slot. Um, he he repeats his arm um, his um, release point really well. Re- keeps um, control of the delivery really well is um also um fastball is not the greatest it's low 90s arm side runner not not the natural rider that we see um today's game um both games it got hit hard hit often mm-hmm. hit hard um he does throw strikes that's a that's a positive here um yeah. but again he really needs to command that pitch um 
the secondaries is where the strikeouts are coming from. Um, hmm. uh, when he lands his stuff, it, it, it seems like he's throwing a cutter it, with his. I don't know. I think it's a cutter. Um, 87, 88 um, band. He's also throwing a slider that's in the 83, 85 zone. So I don't know if it's like just his harder cutter or harder slider or just a true cutter. Um, yeah. But I like both pitches. Um, if they're the same thing, then great. Um, but looking at his pitch rundown, I didn't see cutter. Um, uh, I'm guessing that he was just throwing the slider harder. Um, yeah. He has a very good tight breaking uh, action. It's It has more... Um, it has better form as a slider, obviously, but the um, the pitch works really well and gets a lot of strikes up in the zone um, at the higher velocity. So that's why I kind of guess cutter on that. There's yeah. a curveball. It's an average pitch, 12-6 uh, breaker, uh, mostly um, has some sweep to it as well. Um, so like there's uh, there's some potential for some swing and miss. And then when he landed his changeup, they just swung right through it. Um, you know, arm side runner with fade and some late drop. Um, uh, really and truly, it's the other pitches. The fastball's not good. It's, it's I would say, a 40 pitch at this point. Um, so, like, all of these good numbers is going to get him a lot of uh, praise. But I think he ends up as this either SP5 wingman type guy, or he ends up as this bulk inning reliever that's pretty awesome <laughs> yeah yeah so it's not a not a at this point not a kind of a starters package or yeah projection like that which makes a seven seven c on it expecting expecting him to somehow be a seven um you know in, in a weirder role than what we're normal you know what we normally have traditionally seen and again a guy in the Brewers organization that, that they're willing to consider stuff like that. Yeah. Sounds good. Um, yeah. Appreciate your looks at the double a crew here. Like I said, there was some, uh, really interesting insights there and, and, uh, some pretty, pretty good players, uh, that we may be rostering on our, on our teams, uh, down the road. Uh, thanks for your looks at, uh, Noel V. Marte, Jackson Churio, uh, Jefferson Kiro, Tyler Black, and Carlos Rodriguez. Um, what's uh, what do you have on tap for next week as far as uh, the podcast? Well, um, well, no, first off, I have no games, so um, that's going to be a uh, difficulty. <laughs> uh, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna work the Greenville series. Uh, I've already seen Greenville this year. Um, I'm also going to um, Athens, Georgia. There's no Georgia games going on. Gotcha. Um, I might go to Gwinnett. It just depends. It has to be perfect. It has to be AJ Smith Schwarber, <laughs> and that's about it. That's, that's mm-hmm. all I have. Um, um, but yeah, the podcast next week. We we're trying to get a guest lined up. I think I've got somebody. So hopefully, hopefully that works out. Um, uh, Brent, are you planning on getting out to the park? Do you have anything interesting coming up? Uh, not 100% sure. Uh, I know I'll be uh, taking a little couple days of vacation next weekend over Memorial Day. Nice. Um, so I, it's probably unlikely that I get anywhere uh, this week, but, but, but perhaps the next week we'll have to, have to see. 
No, that, that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, anyway, thank you guys for joining us on this week's Eyes Have It podcast. I will be hosting our next episode with a guest. I think I've got my guest, um, but I'm not sure at this point. So we'll we'll wait until we announce that. But it should be a really good uh, guest and somebody that uh, our listeners are probably familiar with um, from their work at other sites and Baseball sure. HQ. So hopefully it works out. Um, okay. Brent, I, I would Brent and I would both love to hear from you. You can ask us questions at the eyes have it at baseballhq.com or reach out to us on Twitter. I'm at C underscore blessing. Brent's at Brent HQ. Uh, first time listening to the Eyes Have It podcast, click subscribe to get our future episodes. Please rank us as well and spread the word about us too. Um, Brent, have a great week. Thanks, Chris. Thanks again for a, a great uh, bunch of prospects. And yes, we will talk to you soon. And everybody else, I hope you guys have an awesome week. And we will he, you'll hear from us again next week.